0: Hello and thank you for choosing to listen to theme part films. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England who usually ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. This, however, is one of our special episodes where we have a little think, and choose a film to review that we think deserves to be immortalised in a theme park. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla and as ever I'm joined by Holly. Hello! And this is the third of three specials that we are doing where we have thought about what films would make a good theme park ride. But for this one, we asked the listeners to choose. And we had loads of entries. We had over 30 entries sent in. So thank you very much if you were one of those. And after much deliberation with myself I chose the Goonies. Yeah. No cheering from Holly. Sets the tone for the rest of the episode. So it was actually Justin all the way from LA that chose this one for us. So that's exciting. What we're going to do now is just cut over to Justin live in LA. This is definitely not pre-recorded. And he can just tell us why he chose the Goonies and what he envisaged the ride would be.
1: What's up? This is Justin from So I Married a Movie Geek. I love the Goonies. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I would like to thank Carla and Holly for allowing me to talk about how much I love it for about 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, no, thanks guys for uh, recognizing Uh, my love of the Goonies in this way. Uh, I remember you guys putting the call out for uh, films that would make a good theme park ride and Goonies has always been tops on my list. Uh, It was a huge movie when I was a kid, uh, as a kid who was kind of a latchkey kid and his friends often became his family and we would do crazy things and you know it was a different time where you could ride your bikes and go places and have adventures and so goonies is like that goonies is one of those movies where as a kid you're watching you you're like oh, i don't know if i should be watching this you know they're cursing they're they're getting into trouble they're having these adventures these bad guys are trying to kill them uh i love the movie and so i still love it today i passed that love along to my my daughter and uh, i thought the the movie would make a great think Uh, basically, uh, a good 75% of the movie is almost like a a ride in itself, Um, especially towards the end where they're you know dodging booby traps, and at the end, there's a water slide. Once you down get the water slide, you go, and there's a a pirate ship. So I was like, you know, there needs to be a theme park ride. Incorporating all this, and um, I think it'll be great. I think it'll be lots of fun and exciting, and if it doesn't happen soon, I'm going to be really disappointed.
0: A passionate plea from Justin. What do you reckon to that?
2: Yeah, when I was watching it, I do agree. I think the and I'd only ever seen this the first time yesterday. I was a bit like oh what's, what on earth would the ride be? But then when they got to like the water full bit or whatever, I was like, actually you could that that could be a good ride.
0: Yeah so that's exactly what I was thinking Um, and before we get onto that I must just mention you'll hear more from Justin at the end when he's going to plug his own show but he actually has his own podcast which is fantastic and it's called So I Married a Movie Geek. It's him and his wife. His wife has never seen most of the most well-known films you've heard of much like my co-host, and he sits <laughs> her down, and she watches them for the first time with him, who's seen them loads. So please go and check those out. But we will cut to Justin later, and he can tell you exactly where you can find him. But going back to the ride, I thought exactly the same as as Justin actually that this is a ride that belongs in one of the water parks for Universal Studios. You could like it could be the first water park. Uh, film ride. What do you think to that?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, it don't need to be that crazy. It could just be. <laughs> <laughs> um could just be like a log film, really, couldn't it?
0: No, I think you need to actually be sliding down it in the same way that they do without anything surrounding you.
2: So you're not, you're not in a boat. Oh, right. Okay. Well, and then you get to the end and then you go out into the swimming pool where there's a big, boat and you can jump off there and and do all that yeah you can you know
0: maybe you can walk the plank on the boat with supervision obviously kids yeah well that's that settled then so universal if you'd like to take our pitch we are more than happy to negotiate on 10 percent of the profit
2: 20 bit for justin 19 for us one bit he lives in la
0: we have to pay the airfare it's only fair as you said, this was the, the first time that you'd seen the film, very famous film. I don't know anyone around my age that didn't fall in love with this film as a child. <laughs> and I will give you credit now before you start that probably if I'd have watched this for the first time as an as an adult, I may not have the fond recollections that I have.
2: Well, I'm glad that you've said that.
0: Okay, so just a bit of background on the film. It was released on the 7th of June 1985 in the USA and the 29th of November 1985 in the UK. Thinking back, I remember watching it distinctly, and I was going to name the headmaster that allowed us to watch this because... It was just before we broke up for our Christmas holidays and he called us all into uh, the hall and he said, as a treat, we're having no lessons this afternoon and he put the Goonies on on the TV at the front, which, you know, was Mm -hmm. obviously a huge deal and one of the greatest days ever. Mm -hmm. And I was going to thank him in this podcast, but I've realised it was probably a pirate copy, no pun intended, because it was it was Christmas, if it got released on the 29th of November, there's no way that he would have had a legitimate copy. So I won't thank him.
2: I mean, there's a few things. Firstly, he might be dead. RIP if he is. Secondly, the likelihood he stumbled across this podcast and wants to listen. Unlikely. Thirdly if the police are listening to podcasts here and people talk about pirocopy and go and arrest him, there's issues. I mean, the amount you've spoken about your dodgy DVDs, I'm surprised you're not in prison. I was a child.
0: Well, isn't that perfect timing?
2: God, they're on the way.
0: <laughs> it's the fuzz. <laughs> so we'll just go straight into the film. I know you had a few issues that uh, you text me about, so we'll, we'll go for them and hopefully I can answer them if I didn't manage to uh, when we were texting, because I managed to fall asleep again at half nine. Uh, It starts in a prison cell, and we see Jake Fratelli has hung himself, and the guard walks up to him, but there's a note hanging round his neck saying, you schmuck, do you really think I would be dumb enough to kill myself? And as he's reading this, he knocks out the guard. I thought that was really clever. It was quite clever, wasn't it? Mm, I really liked it. I like it. It's very dark for the start of a kid's film. Uh, His brother and his mum are outside. He gets in the the Jeep with them and they pour petrol around the police station and fire a gun at it, which sets fire to it. I liked that as well. Okay, so it started off the first, you know, two or three minutes, you were loving this film. And then it just...
2: Spiralled. (laughs)
0: down hill. <laughs> so then we see uh, all of the kids one by one that are going to feature in the film so we see andy is cheerleading mouth is watching tv and helping his dad out with plumbing steph is bobbing for crabs it appears i'm not sure what she was doing with her head in that big container and she comes out <coughs> with a crab very odd Data was creating something to do with bins. Chunk was eating in a fast food place and Mikey and Brand, the brothers, are talking about having to move. Mouth arrives round their house saying that they need to make the most of the weekend and he teases Brand for failing his driving test. And then we see one of my famous scenes in cinema history, the truffle shuffle. I thought it would
2: feature more.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's quite an insignificant little part, isn't it? For how famous the 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 phrase has become and everyone knows what the truffle shuffle is. Yeah. So that's Chunk appearing, and before they let him in, they make him basically humiliate himself because he's a little bit overweight. This would never happen in a
2: film nowadays. And he didn't actually seem to care, really. He was a bit like, oh, really? And then he just sort
0: of got on with it did it. Kids had thicker skins back then, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. We see Data fly in using overhead cables. And he crashes into the living room. Now, when I was a kid, I used to find Data to be really funny and cool. (laughs) And I must admit... Did find him a little irritating when I watched it back this time. I found him a lot irritating. Then we get the statue scene, which is uh, again a little surprising for uh, for a kids' film. The uh, David by Michelangelo statue falls, and uh, part of it falls off. Which I remember the whole school laughing. Way, way, way too much. A good 10 minutes after it had
2: finished, we were still laughing at that scene. Um, And did everyone watch it? Like, what age group was it that watched it? So in 1985,
0: I would have been seven. So it would have been seven to 11-year-olds. Oh, okay. That's fine. It's clear that Mikey and Bran's dad can't save them all from moving, and he would apparently need 400 more paychecks to be able to save the foreclosure happening. We see uh, their mum has got in a Spanish housekeeper, which you did bring up, why are they cleaning their house? She does actually say when they pull the house down, I want it clean. Doesn't particularly make sense. It would have made more sense if they got her in just to help with the packing. Now, that would have been understandable
2: as to why she was there also I was a bit like if you know I mean yes I know prices are different you know like um you know like yes to get money for your house versus a cleaner very different price brackets I appreciate that but you know they haven't got enough money Mm. to save the house but they think it's necessary to get some help in to pack up couldn't they just do it themselves what I noticed
0: with adult eyes while watching this is eyes. yes, is that they were, you know, um, going to be moving pretty damn quick. This was their last weekend, so we can, uh, you know, in five days' time, they're not going to be there anymore. There was no packing up done whatsoever. No, it, was, it
2: was an absolute, um,
0: it was a mess. Comedy moment, obviously, was when Mouth, played by Corey Feldman, who was the king of the 80s in terms of classic kids' films that he was in. It's quite a risky humour, isn't it? He talks about uh, drugs, sexual torture, all sorts of things. He's uh, translating for her. Very funny, but, yeah, again, something you probably wouldn't get away with now in a kids' film.
2: I think they're really angry about that pirate DVD. I mean, you're you're literally going to walk out your house tomorrow morning and know that you're going to be surrounded. Like so there'd be a whole SWAT team there <laughs>
0: demanding that I give my he- old headmaster's name immediately <laughs> so they can go to the care home. <laughs> they go up to the loft or attic, I suppose it's called in America. What do they call a loft? They call it an attic? I've got no idea, actually. We don't know. They go up to the place (laughs) in the ceiling, which Mikey tells them they can't touch as it belongs to his dad and he collects stuff from the history of Astoria, which is the town he lives in. Um, They find a map dated 1642 and it's a map of their coastline. Brand says One-Eyed Willie was a pirate and Mikey explains that he stole treasure from the King of England and the British trapped him in a cave with all of his treasure. He then set up uh, booby traps and tunnels, which trapped him and his men in, but he went on to kill them all so he could keep the treasure. Brand mocks the idea, but... Mikey says that one guy must have got out to tell his story. Chunk finds a newspaper around uh, about Chester Copperpot, who went missing, saying he had the key to one-eyed Willie's treasure.
2: He was annoying, wasn't he, Chunk? At this point, where he was kept knocking everything over.
0: I mean, I'll give you data, but you can't knock Chunk.
2: Yeah, but like at this moment, I, I just thought too much of like him just knocking everything over and stuff. Like, you know, come on, give it a break.
0: Too much. Too Sassy. much comedy for you, if anything.
2: Force comedy, that is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the doorbell goes and they all run downstairs. But Mikey pockets the map and this metal thing that comes out of the uh, frame as it falls apart. There's two men who give paperwork for the foreclosure to Brand to uh, give to his dad. And it says all the houses will be pulled down to make way for a golf course. Brand won't let them out. As his mum's told him that he will be grounded if he does, because Mikey's asthma is playing up and he has a date with Andy. So he doesn't want to risk losing that.
2: Is Andy one of the girls that we see? The
0: blonde, not the blonde one, the ginger one. she ginger?
2: Well, brown hair. <laughs> Gingery <laughs> tones, maybe. Did
0: I even watch this film? I, I, I've never thought of her as being ginger, but now you've said it, I'm thinking she might have had reddy hair. But, oh, I just always thought she had brown hair. But then throughout most of the film, their hair is quite wet, so maybe I'm just thinking it's brown. I could just look. I've got a poster hanging on my living room wall. Yeah, it is a little little red. Do <laughs> you have a poster hanging on your living room wall with the goonies? Um no. We see the Cindy Lauper video playing on the telly.
2: I thought that was funny that they were watching that.
0: Yeah. That's the theme of the of the film. They overpower Brand and chaos ensues as they escape. Brand goes after them. But they've let down the tyres on his bike, so he has to take the little girl's bike.
2: And this was stupid. Why wouldn't you have just run?
0: Because <laughs> it's not funny. Again, it's all about the comedy of the film, Holly. Get with Sorry. it. We see Troy driving with Steph and Andy, and they come along and find Brand pedalling on this little girl's tricycle. And he grabs Bran's hand and makes him fly off a cliff
2: edge, which I'm fairly certain would have killed him. Yeah, I was going to say that. And also, it really annoyed me because when he was being dragged along, he was still pedalling. Just to <laughs> literally take your feet off, you know. You did not need to do any of the work. That's the joy of being dragged along <laughs> by a car
0: enjoy it if you're gonna be dragged
2: along like how at least enjoy the
0: experience
2: and also like he was way he seemed a bit more like butch than troy so wouldn't you have just like literally got your other hand and like hit him yeah i never um
0: i never got i never bought into it that brand was the one that was bullied because or it was cast wrongly because he seemed quite butch yeah and he's grown up to be Butch. It's Josh Brolin. I mean, he's in, you know, he's he's a hard yeah. man, isn't he? Actually, I saw on his Instagram account he went to an eighties party this year dressed as Brand, which I thought was brilliant. He just That's put stunning. his old clothes back on, so he went as himself. I'll try and find it and put it on our Twitter accounts. We see a load of clothes lead them to a rundown diner. Or restaurant. They hear gunshots, but only Chunk seems afraid of them. The Fratellis are inside and they're carrying something into the kitchen. Chunk spots bullet holes in the car, but they don't listen. Uh, they talk in Italian and tell the boys to sit down. The mum takes their
2: order. I didn't really understand this. Why, why was she taking their order?
0: Well, because they can't say, no, this is a cover-up and we've actually just killed someone whilst we've got our we've got our son tied up in the basement, but, that, you know, they had to pretend that they were an actual working restaurant.
2: Right, okay, get it. Sorry.
0: That's okay. It You know, I didn't get it when I was seven, so it's fine. So Mouth is a bit of an idiot here and... He takes over and says that he wants all of these grand things and then she says they only serve tongue and squeezes him until his tongue pops out and
2: kind of holds a knife over it. Yeah, I mean, I think I, was, I think I must have been doing something so I didn't see that bit.
0: Probably when you were Probably. sending me a very angry text saying this is literally the worst film I've ever seen. Sorry, I have to be honest. Mikey pretends that he wants the loo to get downstairs to explore and he finds finds Sloth, who is their uh, son that they don't talk about, or their brother, chained up and Jake is teasing him, leaving food just out of his reach. And he's kind of a a big monster-looking thing, isn't he? Mm,
2: He looks like he was from the hills, Have eyes.
0: Mikey pushes the food, so using a stick so that he can reach it, and then he runs away. Bran turns up and drags them all out of the diner, but just then Steph and Andy also turn up, and they're slagging off Troy and make it clear that they didn't approve of that
2: little stunt. But she does sort of go on quite a lot, doesn't she? Which one is this, Steph or Andy? I don't know which one about how he was. Steph's the one with glasses. Okay, Andy then. And how you know he was tilting the mirror to look at her and stuff like that. She just she yeah. really does go on, a bleat on about it, actually. <laughs> um,
0: so the boys run back in and Brand uh, tries to get them, but the girls convince mm. Brand to let them go. Yeah. And she's a bit flirty with him, isn't she? Flirty-girty here. I agree. Sloth makes them jump, and Brandon Andy go to kiss before they all start to mock them. Inappropriate time. Steph is the voice of reason and says, oh, come on, come on. Your head is in the clouds and we are in a basement. Which I thought was quite a good line. They... Stumble into a freezer and there's a dead body in there Which was what they saw the Fratellis carrying in earlier They go down the fireplace but Chunk is um, still stuck in the freezer with the dead body Which is another another comedy moment Fratellis realise someone has been there and go to check on Sloth The others whisper to Chunk to go and get the police And he climbs out the window Data has another invention, torches, but the batteries don't last. Useless. Why didn't you just carry a torch in his pocket? Chunk flags down a car and tells them about the Fratellis, but the light in the car pops on and it actually is the Fratellis. So, yeah, not his wisest of moves. And they chuck him into the boot with the dead body again. Um, Mouth recommends that they start to bang on the pipes To attract attention And this scene always, always bothered me Is that you see the pipes explode And there's chaos in the country club above it But you see Troy on the toilet But you can clearly see his pants are still on When he flies back to the floor Surely they could have shot it in a way. Why would he be sitting? On
2: a public toilet. And those American toilets as well. Horrid. Sorry to
0: offend any Americans. What I want to know, I'll tell you what, what I want to ask Americans. Have you noticed in every American toilet that the gaps on the doors oh, are so ridiculous? So big. So Why big. are they so big? Like know. you're standing in the queue and you literally can see everyone that's in the toilet.
2: Eye contact. yeah you actually can look at someone
0: please americans explain why are the gaps in your toilet doors so abnormally large because over here there are no such gaps there are not
2: no it just closes like a door and it's so bizarre because it's literally like well if you're so fine with it why even have a door there's normally a mirror opposite so you know even if you are washing mm-hmm. your hands in a basin you you could still, still see in
0: yeah just glance up to you know look at yourself in the mirror and all of a sudden someone on the toilet behind you it's very odd but i digress yeah i just think it's really and when i say pants i don't mean american pants i mean like you know, our pants, underpants. You can see he's still wearing his underpants, which I think is really poorly shot. Considering Steven Spielberg was involved in this film, I'm sure the angle could have been so you, you don't see... Like, they could have put more water so you just couldn't see that area or something. It just looks really bad, and it's bothered
2: me since 1985. But is it meant to be that this scene is just so hilarious that you just skip over it? I mean, it's not, but, you know, is that is that what they were aiming for? I don't know. I guess it is,
0: and I guess it's because it's a kids' film. Obviously, they couldn't have someone naked on the toilet, but <laughs> it's, just, it's just so glaringly obvious. Meanwhile, they find the body of Chester Copperpot, so he didn't get very far, did he? Not at all. Rubbish, rubbish attempt Data starts setting off booby traps for the Fratellis So um, that they can hear them coming And he thinks they found candles Which obviously later shows what a fool data is (laughs) Mikey sets off one of One-Eyed Willie's traps And Brand moves the rock And bats fly out at them Chunk's still blubbing to the Fratellis
2: I think this is really funny when he's doing this
0: he was a very good comic uh, actor.
2: Yeah, like for I, a child. I mean, he, he,
0: I think he's like he's something like a lawyer now, or like a really normal job. Like he didn't yeah. stay in showbiz at all. So yeah, so he's he's telling them his whole life story. Uh, but the bats come out of the fireplace to distract them just before they manage to blend his hand. The Goonies find a waterfall, and they want to take the money realising it's a wishing well. Steph tells them that they can't do that. What bothered me more was, than her speech of taking away people's wishes is people throw pennies into waterfalls.
2: Yeah, like, have some self-respect.
0: One, you couldn't move if you put all of that in your pockets. And two, it would probably equal, like, one dollar fifty.
2: So it wouldn't even be worth your time.
0: Meanwhile, we see Troy flings a coin down the wishing well. And they shout up to him. She asks him to send down the bucket to rescue them. And Mikey talks them out of it with a speech about it being their last time. And this was another thing, actually, that bothered me even as a kid. Troy's friends are pulling up the bucket, but they're too thick to realise it can't possibly have the weight of a (laughs) human in it. And they're shocked when just her jacket comes up. Chunky's locked up with sloth, and they make friends. Meanwhile, the floor collapses, and Data misses the spikes by a gadget he has on him, which are clamping, chattering teeth, which he manages to attach to a wall. And as a kid, I thought thought that was ingenious. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And I remember my mum used to tut and say what a stupid film it was. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with her. Yeah. Chunk calls the police, he manages to get to a phone, but they don't believe him, as he's told lots of lies before, about hanging out with Michael Jackson, and how true could that have really been? (laughs) He probably was hanging out with him. Yeah, but I bet they feel bad now. Andy decides she wants to kiss Brand and calls him over to her, but Brand sends Mikey instead, so she kisses
2: him instead. I didn't get this. I mean, I liked it that he was like, oh, go and see what she's sort of going on now. And then she was, she's blind, is she? (laughs) Well, she does say um, that she
0: didn't know he wore braces and that she thinks he was standing in a hole. (laughs) So Steph obviously sees that it's Mikey and just stands there laughing. And Mikey sort of stumbles out, quite pleased with himself. The Fratellis arrive. They catch up with them. And Data uses oil in his trainer soles, which is another invention, to make Boulder between them slippery. They then get to a piano and Mouth reads Spanish, which we found out earlier. So he manages to translate it. But what... um, What I didn't really understand with this is, he's reading it in Spanish, but it rhymes in English. Oh, didn't really notice that. Yeah, the the rhyme he says is is a rhyme, but it's a rhyme in English, so why would they do that?
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's very true.
0: See, I'm picking up things.
2: It's usually the you that picks up these things. I know, but I'm not joking, Carla. By this point, I literally, I've, I've, lost, I've lost the will to live. I didn't know what was going on. All I saw was, like, darkness, scrabbling around in caves. I mean, honestly, I just couldn't cope. <laughs> so they have to play the piano to get out, which Andy manages to do. Oh, right. You see, then there was a reference, and one of them said, oh, I want to play the piano at the end. And I was like, what's yeah. on about?
0: Seems you left the room quite a lot during this film.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. The Fratellis arrive and Data knocks them back with a boxing glove that he happens to have in his jacket, which is another invention. And then we get the infamous water slide scene, which... Oh, I did see this. I mean, even you have to admit,
2: everyone wants to go on that water slide. It looks brilliant. It does. I perked up when I saw that that and that it's near the end of the film
0: so so they all slide down these various water uh, slides and shoot out at different points and they see the pirate ship now I've seen various documentaries on the Goonies and director's commentary and cast commentary and all sorts of things And they said that the the children hadn't been allowed to see the pirate ship until that actual moment. So their reactions were real reactions. They hadn't been allowed to go on to set early to see what they were going to be faced with. We see the pirate ship and Mikey has a moment with Willie where he's like got some connection with him. But Willie was a a thoroughly bad egg. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So they stock up. ...on the treasures and Mikey makes them save the stuff in front of Willie for him. He's like, as if he's like this good person, one-eyed Willie. but you know, I mean, well, we should be annoyed of him because he like stole from our king or something. The Fratellis catch them and order them to the deck. They take the treasure off them and make Andy walk the plank. And Brand dives in after her. As Steph and Mouth are on the plank, Sloth and Chunk arrive to save the day. He strings the brothers up and tells his mum that she's been bad. And it turns out that she dropped him as a baby. Which is a bit dark, isn't it? I'm not sure that would have caused the deformity,
2: though. And I'm not sure it would have caused him to grow so big. No.
0: (laughs) Not unless she dropped him in a grow bag each time. So he throws her into the water and we see her in the background uh, climbing back on the boat. Andy and Brand have a little kiss
2: and then she realises... I actually thought that's going to be really awkward in the future. I just think that it's going to be one of those things that he actually probably really likes her, the young one. I just think it's going to cause Mm. a real wedge in that family.
0: I think she was quite the... um, pin-up for little boys, teenage boys in the 80s so
2: yeah, I'm sure that Mikey would have fancied her, definitely I, I can just sort of imagine even, you know, maybe that they'd stay together and then when Mikey got older she would sort of try it on with him, I just thought it just felt didn't feel right, that's all I took away from this film
0: <laughs> Mama Fratelli climbs a uh... Into um the cabin and she takes Willie's treasure which sets off a trap. Data lights dynamite thinking it's a candle and manages to seal the way out because he's an idiot. Yeah. Sloth holds up a rock, enabling them to escape. He tells Chunk he loves him, but Brand pulls Chunk away. Now I found that a little bit weird. Yeah. They've only shared a baby roof in about an hour. Yeah, I thought that. Too soon. The anchor lifts, and outside they are reunited with their parents. Chunk's mum and dad bring in pizza. (laughs) Yeah, I liked that. The Fratellis stumble onto the beach, and the police uh, pounce on them, but Chunk protects Sloth. And then he says, you're going to live with me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure his parents are thrilled at that. Uh, Yeah, he says that... um, you're going to come and live with me now because I love you. Again, weird, uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. So highly unlikely that would happen. I would imagine Sloth probably ended up in some kind of mental institution. Yeah, probably.
2: And that maybe he would go and chunk, would go and visit once a week and then it would die out. And by the time he was 20, he wouldn't even remember, like, remember him. And then he'd go crazy and try and find him and then kill him. <laughs> All of these sequels you're coming out with,
0: Sloth gets revenge, Andy has an affair with, with Mikey. I mean, there yeah. are endless possibilities how they could bring this gang back together and not have to bother with pirates. Exactly. Exactly. The businessman turns up and tells Brand and Mikey's dad that he must sign the foreclosure paperwork there and
2: then. And would you not be like, even as the police, like, I'm sorry, we've just ha- we've just found all these missing boys. Can you just go away and we'll deal with this in half an hour? <laughs> like, what are you doing
0: here? <laughs> Where are we now? Just as he's about to sign, the house cleaner yells not to sign and... Mouth is trying to translate. He's going, no pen? Oh, no, not no pen. No. Oh, my God. What is the word? No sign. And she's managed to find in Mikey's Mikey's marble bag. bit old for a marble bag, I found. (laughs) Yeah. He was a good 12 or 13, I would have said. Well, he's kissing girls, so yeah. Yeah, shouldn't have a marble bag. But anyway, it's full of jewels. And his dad tears up the papers and throws them into the air because now they've got
2: enough money that they don't have to um, go with the foreclosure. Now, I'm not an expert. I might want to just check how much they're worth, you know. They might look good, jewels, but, you know, are they, I mean, how badly damaged are they? How much is it worth, you know? Well, and they don't own them. They found (laughs) them. Well, yeah, that as well. Whose land is that on? Probably the guy who owns everything. Possibly. Or, you know, maybe even the
0: Fratelli's land, because they did own the restaurant, I believe. So, you know, it might legally be theirs. Maybe Sloth is going to come out the winner in all this while their them are in prison. Maybe. Another sequel waiting to happen. Yeah. And we see the pirate ship sail off into the distance, and that is the Goonies. So, obviously, you you were quite controlled during that. Thank you. Not a problem. It's a, it's a, a film close to many people's hearts. I'm just going to go over to the shout-outs now. So, on Instagram, we've got Lyle, who says, I haven't seen it in years, but I really love that ugly-looking thing. <laughs> I presume he's talking about sloth and not <laughs> one of the children. At Cinema Pop Pod says, The Goonies are one of the greatest coming-of-age stories ever to hit the silver screens. It's full of lovable characters, whimsical moments, and a compelling story. I would strongly recommend everyone watch this movie. At Comic Art Podcast says, The Goonies, what a movie. One of those films that I grew up watching, I was just the right age. It has the action, the cheeky kids, the romance, the bad guys, the monster. It's a perfect family
2: movie. I think that's rude that that person's called um, him a monster.
0: Not politically correct, guys. You know, I like comic art podcasts. We thoroughly recommend them, but not cool, guys. He's just a person, you know. He's just a person. Can't help what he looks like. Um, Don't fly it saw says... Man, I love the Goonies. I watched that film so many times growing up. So all positive there. Let's head over to Twitter and see what they were saying, eh? I can't imagine there's anything bad
2: because you probably
0: won't put it in. Well, no, I do put bad things in. I do. (laughs) I seem to remember there was one that wasn't as favourable. Okay. Yes, this one wasn't as favourable full start podcast says controversial opinion but i think it's just okay it's nowhere near as good as everyone bangs on about it's fun but uh, and i don't hate it but it's not as good as other classics of that era agree so i think this person i'm fairly certain this person was not a child in the 80s to have said that don't know don't know how old they are, but that, that's, my, that's my prediction. But as I said earlier, I can understand that if you watched it at the wrong age, you probably wouldn't have the affinity that other people have got with it. At Nerd Versus World, another podcast we recommend, says, Goonies is the ultimate feel-good rite-of-passage movie from the 80s. It's every boy's own adventure rolled up into one. Great cast, great soundtrack, and a timeless classic of a movie totally deserving of its cult status. it is. And last but definitely not least, because we love Chris, it's Chris from Easy Rider Raging Podcast that says it's super quotable, ridiculously fun, all-time classic, which features an amazing performance from the kid playing Chunk. Seriously, that actor was very good in that role. There you go. So I think now... Since uh, Justin was the one that recommended it, it's only fair that we cut on over to him and uh, let him tell us where we can find his podcast.
1: Again, thanks, guys, for uh, recognizing my uh, suggestion. I appreciate it. Uh, if you've never listened to our show, So I Married a Movie Geek, Google us. We're on all. Uh, most podcatchers, uh, Podbean, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, at Movie Geek Cast on twitter we're also on facebook and we love to talk movies and we'd love to talk movies with you check us out thanks a lot
0: thank you justin that was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show a real honor i've been a fan of that uh podcast for so long way before we started doing this one so fantastic thank you very very much for joining us and we hope you're having better weather in california than we're having here it's very chilly today turned very very chilly do you have anything you would like to add on this? No, nothing from me. Okay. So you can find us uh, on Twitter at Theme Park Films, on Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast, or you can email us themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. We are also the proud creators of Brick Pod Scene which is a collective of British podcasts. Please go and check out our Twitter account at BrickPodScene, where everything we retweet is from the shows that we endorse. And also find us on Facebook, which we have a group and a page for run by Stacey of the Rough Giraffe podcast, another show we thoroughly recommend. Please go and check that out for all the latest updates on the group. So thank you for listening to these three special episodes. Um, I was going to read out everyone else's submission and give everyone that, that submitted a shout out. And the only reason I'm not going to do that is because there was at least two or three others that I was so close to picking that we might do them next time. We might roll over and do them another time. We'll see. I might let Holly have a go at picking next time. Thank
2: you. It's okay.
0: It was just so awful when you had to pick your own. I just thought, I can't give you the responsibility (laughs) of picking your own and then a listener's as well. That would just be too much. (laughs) Normal service will be resumed and we'll be going back to um, films that have actually featured in theme parks. So, plenty more coming up probably most of them next year now so um yeah but lots to come next year and probably still a couple to come this year so thank you very much for listening and we will see you in the next one Bye.
1: theme park films podcast is part of brit scene a network of uniquely british podcasts that's always growing check out britpod scene.com or follow britpod scene on twitter to find out more